Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, have we just seen a genuinely game-changing moment in the recovery for economies and investments? Inflation has taken a tumble on both sides of the Atlantic. Markets which had been hopeful that rates have peaked now seem sure that they have. What does it all mean for your finances? That's our focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Falls in inflation were expected when officials in the UK and the US updated on price rises this week. But when they came, the numbers showed a bigger decline than many of us had been expecting. And the reaction in the markets was substantial. Big gains for shares, a big dip in yields on bonds and the growing sense not only that rates may have now peaked, but that eventual rate falls will now come much sooner. What does all of that mean for your finances? Well, Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity, is here to answer that. Um, Tom, welcome along. Um, First of all, what happened to the headline rates of inflation this week? Yes, well, we had a couple of um, uh, important inflation announcements this week uh, on either side of the Atlantic. Uh, The first one was in the US and uh, the inflation rate, which has already fallen quite sharply in the US, fell further um, from 3.7% to to 3.2%. That was actually the first fall in in the last four months because it has sort of um, uh, flopped around uh, at at Mm. that sort of 3.7 rate for, for some time. So it actually sort of, you know, the, the fall in inflation re-accelerated in the US. So that was that was good news. And then the following uh, day, we had the UK inflation figures. And here, where, uh, of course, inflation has been much slower to come down, uh, we registered uh, a bigger than expected fall from 6.7% uh, inflation to 4.6%. And that was a bit below uh, the the four point eight percent rate, which had been uh, which had been widely forecast, so that was uh, very encouraging um, uh, news on inflation on on both sides of the pond. Yeah, and, and and turning to the UK specifically, I mean that fall really was substantial, wasn't it? I mean a lot of it expected. We knew that some items um, would fall out of the comparisons this time. That had been. It's always the case, isn't it? That certain things you can kind of work out are going to fall out of the comparison. Um, but as you say, it was actually lower than uh, even those forecasts, um, and and it means actually a bit. You know, from a from a political point of view, that the government and the prime minister in particular has now met. Oh, or certainly on course to meet his pledge to half um, the rate of inflation this year. Now, we've spoken before about that pledge that the, the government made. Um, there's a few things to say about it, isn't it? But 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 it will have been well received in Downing Street. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that yeah, the, the fall in the fall in inflation was, as you say, um, uh, you know, predictable to to an extent because, um, in particular, the the fall in energy. Uh, costs a big uh, contributor to the to the inflation rate, uh, and because of the fall in wholesale gas prices, the the price cap set by Ofgem, the uh, the energy regulator, has come down. Um, so that was that that fed through into the inflation rate, and that's why people were predicting a fall to to below 
five percent, it actually turned out to be a bit a bit lower than 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 forecast. But the political side of it is interesting. Um, so it's a year ago now that, that Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, um, set out five key priorities, one of which was uh, to halve the inflation rate, which, of course, you know, sounds very good. Um, um, but for the reasons that we've just described, it was actually quite predictable that inflation would come down. So actually, perhaps not the greatest achievement uh, imaginable um, by by the government. But when he when he made that pledge in December 22, uh, the inflation was running at 10.7%. So uh, 4.6%, you know, safely meets that. And it's a very useful time for, for t- the government to have that good news. Um, you know, we're a week away from, from the autumn statement and we are, you know, probably less than a year away from the next general election. Yes. So it, it, needs, it needs that good news. So it's come at a fortuitous time. Yeah, I think we can all expect now the government to uh, wang on, Tom, quite a lot about inflation now being (laughs) at half the rate that it was uh, a year or so ago. Uh, As you say, there, there are broad influences that a government can have on on you know demand in the economy in terms of fiscal policy right you can you can you can raise or lower taxes um but but it's a blunt tool isn't it and actually when that that pledge was made people made the point that you know a lot of this is basically outside of the government's control they're making a bet that a lot of these short-term factors factors will fall out of the inflation number which of course they have it did look in fairness to the government it did look like they would be under pressure to to meet that pledge um because inflation has been really sticky this year and there's been moments when it it just simply hasn't budged when many expected it to. Um, and we shouldn't forget, I suppose, that even at 4.6%, that's significantly more than double the um, the target rate of inflation, right? Yes, I think that's an important point to make. I think the other important uh, comparison to make is with other um, comparable um, developed economies because, uh, well, we've mentioned the, the US inflation rate at three point two percent um and the european um uh, inflation rate uh, is even lower than that so it, that you know so the uk has been an outlier in inflation terms we do appear to have a more persistent problem with inflation than than other countries and while you know what we've seen this week has been very good news on the inflation front for the uk we are still the worst performer uh, amongst our most obvious comparisons yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, let's move on, Tom, um, to the impact of all of this. Um, I thought it makes sense uh, for, to take sort of each area of, um, of of financial life in turn with this. And let's start, will we, shall we, with the, with the overall health of the economy. What does this tell us, actually, that about about growth and the and the sort of steam and momentum in the economy that inflation has fallen in this way? Yeah, I mean that's a good that's a good a good point really because um, you know while we're saying oh good news that inflation is is falling it is good news um, but there's a reason why inflation is falling and that is because demand in the economy is not strong and if you look at the the forecast for for GDP uh, uh, in the UK it, it is pretty pretty stagnant um, you know for the next couple of years. Uh, you know the, the the economy is barely going to 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 grow uh, at all. So uh, you know that's the, the the flip side of you know the, the the reason why inflation is falling is because the Bank of England has squeezed the economy uh, with with higher interest rates, and it does that deliberately to slow the to slow the economy down. And that is the, that is the outcome that we have 
that we have got. So we do have this slightly unfortunate mixture uh, of persistently higher than target inflation and pretty stagnant growth. It's the old 1970s um, British disease, if you like, of, of stagflation. And I think we are suffering from that at the moment, albeit that inflation is, is coming down. Yeah, it, it, and, and obviously it does mean that prices um, are rising less quickly. Let's never forget that this does not mean prices have fallen or uh, anything like it. They're simply rising less quickly than they were and actually still quite quickly in sort of historical relative terms. Um, but it should be welcome news, shouldn't it, for households that they're not going to see uh, or they shouldn't see rises in the in the future as they have in the, in the past. Um but I, what think that's a really, does this mean? I think that's a really important distinction uh, to make, yeah. uh, Ed, that, you know, the rate of price rises is falling. But if you compare the absolute price level today with what it was, let's say, two years ago, um, mm. uh, you know, it, uh, overall, prices are something like 16% higher than they were yeah. um, two years ago. And, you know, in, in important areas like food, um uh and energy um both of those are significantly higher than they were two years ago and those are really important um uh areas of spending in particular for um poorer households poorer households spend more of their disposable income on yeah. food and energy and for those both of those to be significantly higher than they were two years ago means that uh, the the cost of living crisis is very real for for many people, so we shouldn't we shouldn't confuse a falling inflation rate with a falling cost of living. It's not the same thing. Yeah, indeed, indeed, and um, you know, if if you're looking for ways in which the cost of living crisis can sort of unwind and 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 sort of be remedied, it's very unlikely that that's going to come via big falls in the price of goods and services. I mean, some things will fall in price, but uh, more likely it will be that. Um, that wages and income catches up with with prices. In fact, out 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 outruns prices, and that actually is the situation that we're beginning to move into, aren't we? With wages now rising um, somewhat faster, or, or simply that they have risen in the last year somewhat rise faster than prices have. That does mean that households are getting richer richer in real terms. Um, but what else does it say? Yes. Well, I mean, wages are an important uh, influence on the overall inflation rate. So with with wage growth running sort of, you know, you know, close to 8% still, as you say, it is now ahead of the inflation rate. So that's, that's good for households, they are getting progressively a bit, uh, a bit wealthier. But it does complicate the the issue for the, the Bank of England, because uh, it's quite difficult to get the overall inflation rate down to that 2% target when wages are, are running at, at nearly 8%. So I think what it means is that the, the, the job is not done and, uh, mm. and, and you know, we, we are probably going to live with, um, you know, higher for longer interest rates for some time until, uh, until we've had that catch up, if you like. Um, and, and the rate of wage growth is beginning to ease a little bit, but, it, but it, it's going to take time for it to come down. And until it yeah. does, um, you know, the, the, the central banks are going to be very cautious about cutting interest rates. Yeah, I think the story of wages in the last couple of years is really interesting. And, and, and in terms of where they go now, I mean, it was clearly the case that, um, you know, wages were growing very, very strongly. 
I, I, you know, there's you can speculate as to reasons around that. I think probably there were shortages in the labour market. Um, with you know the, the pandemic added to that, they had this phenomenon of, of many people leaving the jobs market and not returning in the pandemic. I think there is arguably um, effects from Brexit and 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 the supply of labour and where it comes from, um, and affecting different bits of the economy uh, as well. Um, and indeed, and, in the in the public sector, you know, very many years of of um, you know effectively wage freezes or very low wage right. increases, um, yeah, yeah. Which, which you know arguably needed to be rectified. So I think this process of catch up is is probably necessary. Um, yeah, but but it does it does prolong the uh, the the battle against inflation. And one of the things that would have held wages back or does potentially hold wages back is when growth is lower when sentiment is 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 sort of worsened um and actually that wasn't the case for a long time you know we lots of people and economists predicted inflation uh, sorry recession or, or 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 recessionary conditions it just didn't feel like it did it and and i think you know we've spoken around reasons about reasons for that you know maybe there was a a sort of um there were big savings built up during the pandemic that meant that people didn't really feel this cost of living crisis uh in the same way that feels like it's changed or it is changing. You've spoken about how um, some of the steam out from the jobs market is now coming out and wage rises might be weaker. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what wages do in the next year or so. And certainly the Bank of England is going to be looking closely at that. Yes, and I think we might we might see quite a sharp fall in the in the rate of wage inflation um, for, for for a number of reasons. Um, you know, I think that that um, that 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 saving that was made during the pandemic is you know by definition a finite thing, and those savings will be get run down, um, and we're probably you know reaching that that point now. I think that that feeds through into the into the jobs market. Um, clearly, the jobs market is. Anecdotally, the jobs market feels a lot worse than it did uh, a couple of years ago. And then, of course, we've got the housing market, which is slowing uh, rapidly. And that makes people feel um, less wealthy and less inclined to spend. And so, you know, I think that, you know, we have avoided a recession so far. um, And but it's been a close run thing. And I I think, you know, it would be a bold call to say that we will necessarily continue to avoid a recession. Yeah, indeed. Well, let's move on, Tom. Um, lower inflation has a, a, an implication for rates, of course, and there's all sorts of implications of rates uh, in terms of borrowing and saving. Um, rates, of course, are not yet falling, but I guess the discussion, Tom, is have they peaked and when will they eventually fall? Um, what's changed in that calculus this week? So I think that the, the 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 narrative of rates needing to stay uh, higher for longer because uh, inflation was a persistent problem has changed, and I think that if you look at the the message that we're getting from the from the futures markets and from things like um, you know mortgage rates, which are which which are determined in large part by 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 bond yields. Um, they are beginning to come back. So what the market is telling us is that uh, the first fall in in, in interest rates uh, is probably um, you know is probably going to be sooner than maybe we thought even just a few few weeks ago. 
Now, I think we're still talking about, you know, middle of next year before we see any any movement on that. Central banks are not going to uh, are not going to take any risks with this because the worst thing that they could do is to uh, it, after all the hard work that they've done in in cranking up the cost of borrowing and slowing the economy, the worst thing that they could do is to lose their nerve too quickly. And they work, they're not going to do that. So I think we're not going to see rate cuts on either side of the Atlantic before the middle of uh, next year. But that's that's certainly sooner than we expected quite recently. Yeah, these 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 expectations do change. <laughs> well, they always change based on on the news flow, but they really did move this week uh, quite significantly. Um, and in the the sort of more in the shorter term, um, we can look at cash rates, can't we, Tom? Because uh, savers were finding that um, they've they've got cash rates available now that that simply haven't been seen for many many years between 5 and 6% at their highest. We have seen, as those expectations for rates have changed, and we've seen it this week as well, um, the, the, the cash rates in the market falling. And, and it's an interesting equation, isn't it? Because a lot of attention has, has fallen on cash this year, including from many investors who have moved to cash at the expense of their investments. Um, now, in point of fact, those cash rates, as good as they have been, haven't actually been able to beat inflation, have they? And and inflation, um, now that it's falling, that, that could change. But it's also the case that providers in the cash market are very, very quick to remove the best rates and they will kind of track downwards bond yields, inflation expectations and ultimately interest rates. Yes, and and cash rates do tend to 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 track the inflation rate uh, over time, and uh, you, you know it it is the case that it's 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 difficult to 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 beat inflation over the long haul with cash for for that reason that you know they once inflation starts to come down, um, cash rates come down very quickly um, as well, yeah. and so uh, you're right that you know there's been a lot of interest in in cash because for the first time in 15 years or so you've actually been able to get what looks like um a sensible attractive return on cash of sort of you know above five percent but that has been behind inflation people have still been losing money in inflation terms and i think it's extremely unlikely that as inflation falls down you know through that five percent level um uh that the, the cash rates won't follow it so you know, this has always been the, the problem with with inflation. Uh, sorry, with cash. It's it's you know there are good reasons to hold some cash in your in your portfolio. It provides dry powder to allow you to reinvest. Mm. It provides a cushion uh, so that you're not a forced seller of other um, investments uh, at the wrong moment. We, we've talked about these these factors quite a lot over the last few months. Um, but in the in the long run, cash is never going to give you much of a real inflation adjusted return. Yeah, and, and look, we should be fair here and say that you know, right now, I, I believe it's the case. You can you can get cash a uh, cash return above five percent. That's you know, we've just said inflation is at four point six percent. We expect it to probably come down a bit more as well. So look, if you if you're trying to get just a, any kind of return that that beats inflation, you know, even if it's quite you know narrowly beating it, um, there are opportunities in cash, but. You simply don't know where those rates are going to be in a in a year's time. We've done a lot of work about about how you know moving in and out of cash can be very disruptive to your investment plans, and and you know direct comparisons between investments and cash are difficult, and there needs to be caveats around that. But at a headline level of returns, 
investments have done better than cash, even in this sort of very difficult period this year. Yeah, and we are already seeing that in in the flow data. We're seeing money being pulled out of money market funds, cash funds um, uh, in recent weeks, uh, whereas six months or so ago, uh, the direction of travel was very much uh, in the other in the other way. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, let's let's sort of dwell on investments, Tom, because obviously our primary concern here on the pod. Um, big responses, weren't there, in uh, in both the stock market and the bond market? Um, do you think those responses were justified? What was the market concluding once it heard this uh, inflation data? Yes, I mean both both shares and bonds responded extremely favourably uh, to to the movements uh, in inflation this week. I mean on on Tuesday in the in the US we had um, some of the I think we had the strongest day uh, for for shares in six months. I think the Nasdaq yeah. was up over two two point four percent. I think it was. Um, the the Russell 2000 smaller companies index, uh, I think, was was up by five percent on the day. So, <clears throat> very big, very big responses. Um, and it happened in the bond market as well. We saw um, uh, bond yields fell in anticipation of lower interest rates, and of course, bond yields and bond prices move in opposite directions. So, um, uh, yes, very strong for both shares and bonds. And I think absolutely. Absolutely justified. That's um, that that that's a, a in, interest rates are a big focus for for investors in both of those asset classes. Yeah, and I, and I guess the market was you know it has been seeing um, central bankers sort of become more. I, I, it's probably too much to say they've become dovish because they've been they've been hawkish in their words, but they've been looking at data. The market can see that data that it's been it's been sort of less inflationary. There's been sort of you know, less, less, uh, you know, there hasn't been, or the less, there's been loosening, shall I say, in, in, in labour markets on both sides of the Atlantic. The market can see that. And the fact now that these headline inflation rates have come down, it feels like the market has concluded, ah, you know, this, this is a shift now. We probably have seen a peak in rates. Um, the question mark that was there is, is, is sort of fallen away somewhat. Now the question becomes, how long do we stay at these peak levels and uh, when will rates eventually fall? Yeah, that is, that is the key question. Um, and, and, it has, and it has a knock-on implication for, for, for the economy because um, I think that, you know, we are, we're, at, we're, we're at a level where um, interest rates are still quite restrictive and if they if they persist at that level, then I think it becomes quite difficult for us to to avoid you know what's called a hard landing, uh, you know a, a significant slowdown in the economy, may, maybe a recession. If if we see light at the end of the tunnel for interest rates and we see them starting to uh, the, the expectations growing that they're going to come down, I think that the that investors will 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 start to gain confidence that we can achieve what's called a soft landing, which is you know, mm. uh, which is the the holy grail, if you like, getting on top of uh, inflation while at the same time avoiding a a recession. And for many investors, that has not been their central case. For for many investors, the the expectation has been that we are going to go into recession. Um, and I think if that changes, if that narrative changes towards a more soft landing. Then uh, I think that we could see quite a sharp uh, uplift I- in the market, and we've already seen that in the last couple of weeks. So you know the, the market did well in the first half of the year, peaked in July, 
really then drifted well more than drifted we had a 10 percent correction in this in the stock market between july and october as people started factoring this higher for longer narrative and in the last couple of weeks with the good news uh, on inflation we've seen quite a quite a rapid rebound in the market and that could continue i think okay well that is um Good news and welcome news for investors who have uh, endured a tough couple of years, haven't they, Tom? So, um, on that positive note, I'll call it. I'll call time for on the podcast this week. It is all the time we have now, Tom. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Ed. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.